Is hustle culture actually a bad thing? I find it hard to choose a side on this one because hustle culture was really helpful for some people like myself. I love to learn from different entrepreneurs, different business owners about really what it takes to build that different life, to create that different lifestyle and go from where you are to where you want to be. At the same time, I can admit that there are a lot of toxic just areas and components of hustle culture. So today I want to get into kind of the the, the beginning, the rise and the fall of hustle culture in itself and what it did to entrepreneurship and a lot of different characters that have played a part in the last seven years of the industry. So the rise of hustle culture, in my opinion, was really also the rise of online business. I remember being a part of Money Twitter or LLC Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And this is when a lot of people started making money online, whether it was selling courses or having paid communities, different digital products. It was a way people could put things out there and make money quickly. Like it wasn't like you had to go to a store and buy it or something. It wasn't like you needed years and years of experience or different tools. You didn't need any of that. You just said, hey, I have this product. It can solve this problem. And you sold it to people. And it worked for a lot of people. I saw a lot of people making money. I myself made a lot of money during that time period. I think hustle culture was so impactful in the early beginning because everybody wanted to look at the world a different way. People were looking for something different. This is when iPhones went to a different level. The content we started seeing was just drastically different. Everything started really, really taking off. And I would say this was around 2016, 2017. This is when it really became more prevalent. This is also when the online guru started showing up. People that sold courses and built different businesses around information. Everybody was saying we're in an information age, we're in an information age, and we were. Because what these people were essentially selling was all the information you needed on a specific subject packaged into one product. And me personally, I'll talk about this in another episode. I don't have an issue with people selling their products or whatever, or selling courses. I just think the promises and the marketing that was done to do it was a big part of the problem. And then the actual delivery of the content or the services tied to it was a big part of the problem. But I think that is what kind of led to the fall of the hustle culture. But as part of the rise, they were able to sell dreams to people. I can't tell you how many people I've seen on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram everywhere, emails telling me I can help you make $10,000 a month. That was like the golden number. I can help you make $10,000 a month, whether it's with a funnel, it's with an ebook, it's with a YouTube channel, an automated YouTube channel. I have been seeing this number online for years now, and, and there's always some culture guru tied to it. Now, I want to call this person the godfather of hustle culture, and I think you would all agree. It's Gary V. Like, I remember seeing Gary V pop up on my YouTube channel when I lived in my studio apartment in Costa Mesa, California. Like I remember seeing this dude every day it was a new video about how to do online business, how to do online marketing, and just always teaching something different. It was just nonstop. And I think that's what made Gary Vee kind of the leader. He spearheaded that movement, right? Because he was the guy that was always in your face with it. Like every day it was relentless. Every day was something new about how you can make money and what you need to do to make money and how to hire people and all of this stuff. It was always new, fresh content from Gary Vee. I don't even think it's a bad thing. I think it was good. But I do think it led to a lot of things he didn't really even mean for it to go towards. But it was just from him being the leader of the movement, a lot of people look at him as the problem when it comes to hustle culture. 
And then I think inside of every culture, you have subcultures. So you have like hustle cultures here at the top. And then under that, you have like YouTube, where it was different people that would talk about productivity and they were endless with it. Here's how you can be more productive. Here's how you can be stoic. And here's how you can not have any emotion. And it was, it was insane. And on Twitter, you had a lot of the platitudes. I mean, these guys would say the most bland, basic things and pay other people to retweet them and it just looked profound so then people would give them love for it and then they would build a massive audience and it was really a lot of nothingness if you want to be honest like like if you really look at it today you realize how it was nothing at the time right it was nothing it was nothing and i think another part of that too another subculture is facebook groups different facebook groups and communities you had a lot of gurus over there that were selling different products different courses different programs and it was just so many subcultures of hustle culture, right? That that helped the movement grow even more because instead of it just being one big culture everybody fit in, it was like, if you label yourself somebody that's a hustler and you wanna make money online, you could either be on Twitter, you could be on Instagram with the fitness people or whatever, or with the, the make money people over there. You could be in different Facebook groups. You could be on YouTube watching Gary Vee and other people like him all the time and all the people running ads on his videos, right? It was so many subcultures inside of the main culture of hustle culture. It was easy for the culture to actually grow and flourish. But I also think this led to the peak of hustle culture. This is how we got to the top of the mountain. Now, I want to ask you this. Did you ever get caught up in hustle culture? Like, did you ever get caught up in it and, you know, start living a lifestyle, try to change your routines and switch things up? Were you getting up at 5 a.m. every day? Like, how did you personally get caught up in hustle culture? Let me know in the comments below. Now, I believe the peak of hustle culture came when you saw more of the advertisements. I think that is what took it to another level. When you had more people talking about hustling and how they made money doing all of this stuff, like, when the lifestyle part started being tied to it, it manipulated a lot of young entrepreneurs because people were seeing these people that ran the ads, that sold the products, display a lifestyle saying that, hey, if you follow these steps that I did, you could live this lifestyle that I live. And obviously there's a big problem with that because a lot of those people that said they were living this lifestyle actually did it. A lot of the people that were selling the products and stuff, they didn't deliver on it. And I'm specifically talking about entrepreneurs like Ty Lopez, like Dan Locke, Billy Jean is marketing, those kind of people that just hop on every wave of online marketing stuff. Like, and I, I'm, I'm saying this because these are the kind of people now, if you search their name right now, you're gonna see content from them on everything, right? Whether it's NFTs or the new AI movement, I've seen them jump into the podcast movement. Like they're on all these different topics because their goal isn't to actually teach people something or deliver transformation in a certain way. Their goal, their main focus is to sell things and make money. That's it, that's it. So whatever is hot at the time, they're gonna jump on that thing. That's just how they operate. There was a good two year run where you couldn't get on YouTube without seeing ads from somebody that was like selling some kind of course, right? Whether it was Amazon, whether it was how to set up funnels or how to build your own coaching program. For years, everybody ran ads against anything entrepreneurship or online business, make money online. They were just spamming YouTube ads. And I, again, I wanna be clear. I think it's smart, right? I, I think that's a smart way to do business. But I think the biggest issue that we had is a lot of these people, their intention wasn't right and they weren't delivering actual value in the products and services they claimed to be, right? It was just a lot of BS, a lot of smoke and mirrors. 
right? When you look at the actual products, it's not anything really valuable or transformative. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the coaches and the content creators are the ones that took it to its peak. When you had Gary Vee putting out not just one or two videos, it was like a ridiculous amount of content. Like it'd be eight videos a day and then all over Instagram, all over LinkedIn, literally spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to build a business through content. And when we look at the lifestyle part of this, that's where things really went to a different stratosphere because then you had the guys that were like literally going to Miami, LA and places like that to rent cars. I mean, these guys will literally go to these crazy cities, rent a car to put on a fake lifestyle to then sell their courses online. And it was kind of absurd because when you really think about it, it's like smart, but it's still manipulation, right? Like you're selling this course saying that if I follow your steps, I can live the lifestyle, but you yourself don't live the lifestyle because if you did, you would own the car that you're renting for the weekend, right? So like on one hand, it's kind of smart, but then it's also, if you want to admit it's smart, you got to say it's smart manipulation because you're essentially lying to your audience. And this was most of the people, like most of the people selling products and services inside of the hustle culture movement weren't actually delivering any value on anything, right? So their whole thing was, and it still is to this day. Some of these people still operate on Twitter or Instagram. And like, it's absurd. It's absurd because they built a whole lifestyle around selling people a dream. And a lot of young men, some young women bought it. A lot of people bought into it, believing that if I follow this person, if I do what they did, I'll have these results. And at the peak, it was crazy because you had people talking about, I don't sleep. I get up at 5 a.m. and I'm taking cold showers and all kind of crazy things. Just really living an unhealthy life, right? That's all it was. Like they were getting unhealthy habits instilled into their life to make them feel like they're making more progress. Crazy things like reading a book a day, like, who, like, why do you need to read a book a day? Wouldn't it be better to like do something useful in your business per day, like one big task versus reading a whole book? Like, why do you need to read 30, like 30 books a month is crazy. Even a book a week is a lot. I'm gonna be honest with you, a book a week is insane. There aren't that many good books, especially on business that you need to be reading a new book all the time. It's better if you go out there and you do actual business, right? So. That was the peak of hustle culture. It was just absurd. You you had people kind of even like on LinkedIn making stories up about crazy business experiences and stuff. And they would just say the most outlandish things. And I would say this was around the 2019, 2020 period. I want to say 2018, 2019, because this was over the, the fall of the fall of hustle culture happened before COVID. So that 2018, 2019 period was where it really was amplified. I actually believe that the fall of hustle culture led to a different type of culture that could be even more toxic. So hustle culture didn't begin to fall apart until all the people that were leaders of hustle culture got exposed. And this is when you started seeing people like Spencer Cornelia, obviously CoffeeZilla, even Pocket Watching with JT, making content about different people that sell courses or have membership programs or different types of scams that they just run and talk about. And once they started getting exposed for what they were doing, people kind of started to get a peek behind a curtain into what hustle culture really is. Like hustle culture really is about living an unhealthy lifestyle. That's it. It's about going as hard as you can all the time and making money by any means necessary, even if that means breaking the law or harming people or like literally just doing whatever you have to do to make money. Right. And I think that, a lot of the people that push this stuff 
didn't really have a boundary, didn't have a line they wouldn't cross, right? We, we When we're at the peak, we saw people having events where you would go there to an event and I, I personally went to some of these events. You go and you learn from this person, they're speaking on stage and when they're done, it's like, hey, go to the back and go and buy the course or pay for this coaching program. And the problem with that is if you didn't have the money, these people would tell you to, I literally heard them tell people, pull out a mortgage on your house, pull out a loan, let's open another credit card. They will push you to do anything to get that sale. And the part that bothers me the most about this part was most of the people that were a part of Hustle Culture that were leaders of it never took responsibility or accountability when it came to things like that. It's like, oh, that's my salesperson. They just did that and it wasn't up to me. Or if it came to a crazy ad that they ran about something that was an egregious lie. Oh, well, yeah, those testimonials are fake because somebody else went and grabbed them. So many different lies and different ways to run and weasel their way out of things. And I think that's why the content creators that start exposing them are so important to entrepreneurship. I really believe they are because it taught younger entrepreneurs to be honest and be transparent, right? Like you have to be direct with what you do because we can see you, right? Like like if you do bad business with somebody, they easily go and tell other people you did bad business. But we also know there's a difference between bad business and scamming. Like if you sign up for a course and you don't get access to it immediately because some email broke and you didn't get the automation, when you reach out to me, I send you access to that course. Cool. Now that could be considered bad business because you had to wait a couple extra days to get access to what you pay for. Okay. Bad business. Scamming would be if I block you and you ask for a refund. That's scamming. And that's what was being exposed consistently across all the top gurus you can think of. They've been ex exposed for scamming at some level. Right. So this really was the fall of hustle culture. And that's where it died off is around the COVID area when you saw people getting the PPP loans and immediately getting arrested for it. Right. Like a lot of people have been arrested and caught up and all kind of stuff. Right. So now the people that were a part of hustle culture that were leading that kind of movement have had to pivot in other directions, whether it's real estate, whether it is some kind of other coaching program. Like I've seen them talk about NFTs and stuff. And a lot of them pivoted into the next industry, which I think is kind of going into its peak now, podcasting. Now, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a lifetime podcaster. I love podcasting. Check out my show, my other podcast, Pod Central. I see podcasting being the next kind of movement that is going to be rated. And what I mean is rated is like it becomes super popular. Everybody loves it. People talk about it. People do it. And it just blows up. I won't say a bubble because a bubble burst eventually. I don't think that's a bubble. I don't think podcasting will ever slow down or stop. It's just a new way to do content like YouTube. Like this right here is a podcast episode and a YouTube video. I can bring somebody else to sit them right next to me, plug him out of the microphone, and we make it a two-person video and a podcast episode. So that part will never change. But what's changing now is how podcasting is monetized. Because the scammers are in the podcast game now. And it's not about making good content or being impactful or helping other people. That's not what it is. Now it's about how much money can you make from this show the fastest? Like there are podcasts out here charging people upwards of $50,000 to be a guest on their show. Like I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying we'll have some stuff in place in the years to come because most of the people that are doing this on these shows are the people who are scammers. Those same people that were pushing hustle culture and were scamming people and doing bad business 
are the same people that are paying big dollars to go on financial literacy podcasts, real estate podcasts, relationship podcasts to peddle different products and services that, again, just have no value to the world. And a big problem with that is now podcasts are going to become diluted. And when people start suing that person that's the scammer for telling them bad business and giving them bad advice about financials and stuff like that, they're going to sue them. And then they're also going to sue the podcast that they heard it on. That's going to start happening. And we're going to see a lot more podcast hosts get caught up because you just deleting the video isn't enough because you actually did the recording. You put it out there to where somebody got the information. You can be liable for that. I think because content creation and all this stuff is so new to the world, to us as humans, we don't even have laws in place or anything like that just yet. It's going to take a good five years to have anything even thought of, right? Maybe 10 to have actual laws in place behind for like for stuff like that. But right now, just in the court of public opinion, right? A lot of podcasts don't hold their value because of the kind of guests they bring on their platform. And those guests are the same people that years ago were running some kind of scam in the online making money and all that stuff. When that time frame, they were selling some BS product and now they just renamed it and reshaped it a bit and they're trying to sell it on these podcasts. So to answer my own question, I don't think hustle culture is bad. I think hustle culture is actually healthy because it teaches you how to become a better version of you, how to build discipline, how to build good habits. I just think the way a lot of people executed was wrong. For me, hustling isn't about getting up every day at the same time and working to the bone and not enjoying life at all. I don't think that's it. I think hustle culture is about sprints. On a respective grind podcast, our belief is you have seasons in your life and when you work extra hard, when you go overboard with it, when you're obsessed, then you have seasons where you enjoy your life, right? I think that's the healthiest way to live. When you're trying to get out the trenches and you own food stamps and you got a job you hate, like I've been there. Personally, I have been there. I know what it is. That's the time to be obsessed, right? Like that's the time where you have to work your butt off to get out of that situation so you can have more stable income, have a better lifestyle, have more of the things you want, do more of the things you want. I'm not saying you completely stop when you are, you know, somewhat successful, but you're going to work your hardest in the very beginning. Understand that first three-year run, you got to work your ass off. You have to. There's no way around it. There's no shortcut. Work your ass off. You pass that. Once you get out of that phase, it's like every three to six months, you got to sprint. Oh, I have this new launch coming up. I got this new product I'm launching or something. Cool. These are the times where I work until 10, 11 o'clock at night, where I'm not partying on the weekends. You know, that's when you go all in. But then after that three to six month period, you can take a little break. Okay, for the next two months, I'm going to chill a little bit. I'm not going to work past nine. I'm going to go out on Saturdays or Sundays. You know, you start breathing a little more, enjoying life in a little more. Because the biggest problem with hustle culture, in my opinion, the biggest problem with hustle culture, in my opinion, was the belief that you can actually go pedal to the metal nonstop and not burn out. That was always crazy to me. Like, and some of these guys are on TikTok. If you want to go look, Go look them up. Go look and you'll see some of the crazy stuff they say. Like, it's insane. Like, nobody can operate their life at that level all the time and never just crash. And honestly, you shouldn't want to because then you're working your ass off. You could be making a bunch of money, but you never enjoy it. Like, what's the point in working and 
making all these amazing connections and having all of this money and doing all this stuff if you never get to experience it. Like then when you do get the money to go overseas and let's say you want to just go vacation in Paris, you can't even enjoy Paris because you're working the whole damn time. Like what kind of life is that? Like I believe it's better to have those sprints and have those seasons where, okay, this is when I'm sprinting, this is when I'm grinding, right? For me, grind time is like three months. When I'm trying to learn something new, I'm launching a new product, right? I'm I'm in grind mode. You know what I'm saying? If I know I got a big season coming up, like for me, most of my ideal clients want to launch a podcast or do something with their show between October and January. That's grind time for me. Most people are slowing down. For me, that's grind time. You know what I'm saying? I also know in the summertime, that's when a lot of my clients are trying to take a break. You know, I work with the kind of people that's like, yeah, we about to go to Europe for a month. We'll see you later. Right. So that's why I know, OK, I got to, you know, maneuver a little bit differently, make some more content or something. I'm going to slow it down a bit. It's better to have that balance because you can go harder for longer with this rhythm and balance that I got in my life. Now, I can do this until I'm 50, 60, 70 years old because I'm not working till 11 o'clock midnight every night. Like, I'm just not doing that. Like we're recording content. I'm not doing that. It's not realistic. So I just think hustle culture kind of taught a lot of people how to be productive and efficient in the wrong way. It's better if you can look at successful people that have done what you want to do and then you just take pieces of what they do, right? Like you take small pieces. Oh, you do this thing. I like that. I'm going to add that to my bucket. You do that. I'm going to add that to my bucket, right? Like I'm not the guy that wants to get up at 5 a.m. every day, but I do have days where I will get up at 6 a.m., right? It's a rhythm and a, a system I have in my life and it works amazing. I think this balance is so much healthier because if I have other personal things going on, it's, you know, family stuff. I don't have to say, oh man, I'm not getting up at six and this is so terrible. I'm not disciplined. Like I don't need to be that hard on myself because I don't get anything out of being that hard on myself. Like how does that help me be better? It doesn't. So I just think hustle culture could have been better for a lot more people if it was done with a little more finesse. Right. Not this militaristic, unrealistic approach of like you have to do life this way or you're not doing it right. You're going to be a bum or you're a loser. I don't think that was healthy for a lot of people. So I'm excited to know what you think. Let me know if you like my video style. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you. If you're listening on the podcast, I appreciate you as well. Make sure you head over to the YouTube Respect the Grind podcast. Check us out. I'm Chris and I'll see you next time.